0: This is Ryan Elliott for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. We're at Venice Beach for the KSI Logan Paul II Open Workout. Delighted to be joined by David Diamante. David, feel like I'm chasing you every other day at the minute. How have you been,
1: mate? Ryan, I've been great. Great to uh, have you in L.A. Welcome to America. Welcome to L.A. Welcome to Venice Beach. Big fight week. Huge fight week. Um, I've never actually asked you this David, let's start with the main event, KSI
0: Logan Paul seismic uh, event I think it's still hard for us in, in the boxing world to perhaps comprehend how big it is and how big the, the profile is of both of these guys. How do you feel about all this? What do you make of, of these guys coming over and sort of trans- transcending the sport um, and sort of evolving the sport as well, coming in such a huge event on Saturday? Well, I think
1: it's great I, I think it's great that they're they're such fans of boxing and that they're trying to take the, the trade seriously, and uh, they're turning pro. Um, the first fight, you know, they, they left it all in the ring. I mean, their skills weren't tip-top, but but their heart was there, and I think this fight's going to be even better. Um, Manchester Arena was packed that night, and Staples Center is completely sold out, and it's going to be unbelievable. So, yeah, it's, it's big, and, I mean, if we can get more eyes to the sport, I think it's great. They have came in this time after the first fight, obviously it
0: was so impressive, uh, the, not only I'm sure if you asked Eddie Hearn, the buys they did, uh, the, the magnitude of the event, all the people we saw in Manchester Arena, this time though it's gone up a level, I know Eddie Hearn made a conscious effort to say if we're going to do this we're going to do it properly, professional no headguards, how does that differ, it's, it's just gone that one step higher, how do those guys deal with not only the change in gloves and the, the change in stature of event but everything that comes with it as well, how do they comprehend
1: that? Well, I think these guys are used to the spotlight, and uh, and you've seen it with their with their following, but they're both stars in their own right. But from a boxing standpoint, when I look at this fight, when I watch the first fight and I look at this fight, to me, really what I see is I see Logan Paul, to me, had the, had the superior boxing skills. The problem with him is that he ran out of gas, so he got really gassed after the second round, uh, and that was a big problem for him. That's when KSI was able to come on. And KSI... He's got a lot of power. He's throwing those major shots, but, I mean, really wide punches. So, you know, when you look at the time between that fight and this fight, I don't know if KSI is going to be able to hone his boxing skills enough to really match that of of Logan Paul. But hopefully Logan Paul can get his his wind up. So maybe I I like Logan Paul in this fight. Um, I think they're they're both, like I said, have a lot of heart. But uh, I see Logan Paul coming out on top.
0: They're doing the six rounds, uh, general consensus. If either of them take the same shots that they did in the first fight with those head guards and the bigger gloves, somebody's going to sleep. Do you see any way this fight can go the distance, David?
1: I mean, it's a six-rounder, um, but they're, they're pretty big guys. They're fighting a cruiserweight. Um, they're both going to be throwing leather. So uh, if one of them connects really, really well, it's going to be a whole different situation in the first fight. So we'll have to see uh, who's got the beard to hold up, you know? There's been a conscious effort from both men going into
0: this to sort of surround themselves with boxing people. Uh, JJ especially uh, spoke to Vidal Riley, who obviously works alongside him, cruiserweight prospect Vidal Riley. He's got the likes of Stitch Duran there, Jeff Mayweather, Amr Abdallah. How, how crucial could that be to have those, those, that level of experience around him going
1: into a fight like this? Well, it's huge. And of course, Logan Paul's with Shannon Briggs. But again, like I said, if I watched the first fight, uh, Logan Paul really threw some nice jabs. Um, KSI had some really good hooks and stuff like that, but they were kind of wide punches. He seemed to have some power, though. So if he can get the boxing acumen up, then it could be really good for him. So I think it's very important. But, you know, again, boxing is one of those sports that a lot of times it takes many, many years to hone your skill. So I don't know if it's going to be enough time to, to really make a huge change. And especially when you get hit in the mouth, people resort to what they know. So, you know, you can. That, that's, that's one of the things of why when you start at a young age, it makes such a big difference. Because it's, it's when it's second nature to do something, when you've done something thousands and thousands of times, you know, you'll go back to that. And when you've just been recently doing something and you get hit real hard, you're going to go back to what you know. You're going to forget all this stuff you just learned in the last few months. So it makes a big, big difference to have it as as second nature. I mean, when I first started to box, my trainer, all he would let me do is just throw the jab, throw the jab, throw the jab. And I used to have to do it in front of the mirror. I wasn't even allowed to hit the bag yet. I just had to do it in front of the mirror, get the form right. Then I went to the bag. Then we went to sparring and went to other combinations. And by the time that happened, I knew how to throw throw a jab correctly. So it's one of those things that takes a long time to perfect boxing it's not something that you can learn overnight i mean you can ask uh, conor mcgregor about that you know i mean a really incredible fighter in the cage but you step into the boxing ring it's a whole different whole different world so we'll see we'll see what what the training's done and and if it made a difference some people there are some people i mean you look at a guy like a nate campbell or sergio martinez there are some guys that start late in life even a deontay wilder you know um they start late in life and they do really well some people just pick it up really quick we'll see if ksis like that
0: a big talking point uh, when this bill was announced and we've proceeded through was having two now world champions on the undercard of two YouTubers. There was some criticism from some corners of the boxing world as to say, why would two such high caliber fighters sink to fighting on the undercard of two novices? That said, I know Billy Joe and Devin see this as an opportunity for a lot of exposure and they're viewing this as a point, uh, a place to sort of grow their profile. Which way of the coin do you see, it, David? Do you think it's a good move from their
1: part? Well, it's exactly right. I mean, I, I think it's a great move because they're, look, they're fighters and they're fighting. So to me, it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the card, the co-feature, the main event, you know, the fat, that's all ego-driven. To me, it's about getting in the ring, defending your title, winning your title, winning, winning a fight, you know, plying your wares and you want fighters to stay active and you also want fighters to get eyes on them and they're going to have a lot of eyes a lot of new eyes uh coming to them to watch this fight and hopefully people will see how how superbly talented these fighters are i mean you know rashad mati nikita Ababi, alexis espino um you know diego pacheco devin haney bj saunders i mean it's it's an unbelievable card some really great fighters on there and i hope that some of these uh youtube fans are going to watch this boxing and say wow that's really something special and uh, hopefully we'll get some new new fans to it so to me it's really about who's putting the, the butts in the seats and that's ksi and logan paul
0: now one fight i'm sure billy joe saunders who's in action this weekend had a close eye on the past weekend saul alvarez canelo uh, has moved to 175 pounds claimed the wbo light heavyweight title against sergey kovalev i'm sure you caught the fight david
1: what do you make of it what do you think of canelo's performance in that fight well it was it was a good fight um, it was a very close fight until it wasn't um you know you got to take uh, your hats off to Canelo. Give him all credit. Uh, For that, But again, it's like sometimes a lot of these fighters, they follow kind of the Mayweather example of kind of picking opponents that are a little bit getting long in the tooth and maybe a little bit past their their primes, but still have a big name, still pose a little bit of danger. I mean, I shouldn't say a little bit. Look, Kovalev's very dangerous fighter no matter what, but he's definitely not the crusher that we once knew, right? So when you take certain knockouts, I I believe like a fighter, it changes a fighter. Um, So he's not the same fighter that he was. I think we can all agree to that. You know, if he fights up steps up and fights Betterbiev or fights Bivol or fights uh, uh, Volzdik or any of these, these top guys in their primes, that's going to be a whole different story. And it'd be really uh, interesting to see that. Um, so I, I think there's a big difference when you get a fighter that comes in to win and you get a fighter that comes in to survive or a fighter that comes in just to kind of to get through the fight. And you could kind of tell by looking at, at Kovalev's face throughout the fight. I mean, He was very tentative. He was afraid to throw uh, the the right hand. You know, he stuck his jab beautifully. Um, But even a jab, he didn't really stick it as hard as he does. He's got one of the best jabs in boxing. It's a really underrated jab. It can be a real power punch. Um, But he was very kind of tentative with it. He threw it a lot, but he was very tentative with it. And he just really didn't let that right hand go. And to me, you're the bigger man. You got to bully that guy. Come in and try to take it. And the other thing, too, when you get a fighter like Canelo, who's a really special fighter, And you know this guy does have power, you know he's got a good chin, um, good set of whiskers. You know, why not try to get in there and take him out uh, early and impose your will? Because what's going to happen with a fine fighter is, you know, the first part of the fight is really a lot of it is information gathering. So he's watching Kovalev, he's timing Kovalev, he's seeing things and he's waiting for that opportunity. And that's exactly what happened. He saw, you know, he, he watched what he was doing for X number of rounds and then he just laid it on him. So if you're the bigger fighter and you still are the same guy that you were i think he comes in and he it's a we're looking at a whole different fight
0: a lot of attention with canelo since the victory was obviously what comes next the Cinco de Mayo fight the big money fight for anyone from 175 right down to 160 if you could even still get down there Uh, a lot of fighters have their eye on that Billy Joe Saunders fighting on Saturday he's got a firm eye on that I just want to know David who would you like to see Saul Alvarez face there's so many options out there I know there's a couple Brits that want to throw themselves in the mix but as mentioned so many
1: different names who would you like to see well, I think Andrade and Saunders pose too much of a danger for him, and it's like a risk-reward type thing because they're the type of fighters that are very tricky, and I think those guys give Canelo fits, and I think he doesn't want to face them. I don't think their name recognition is as big as he wants. Uh, for the. It's a risk-reward type of situation. Again, Kovalev has a big name. He saw the risk down a little bit. New new weight class to win a world title. Let me go there. Um, it's There are a lot of different guys for him to fight at this point. Um, So I think it's going to be really exciting to see who he fights. I I think from 160 to 175 and and even beyond, he's talking about cruiserweight. So who knows, you know, we'll see. I mean, that's for his management team. But, you know, Canelo is the star of boxing right now. And and, uh, uh, any fight he's in is going to be exciting. But uh, hopefully he gets the right dance partner.
0: I want to get your thoughts on something David, what did you make of the biggest star in boxing, Saul Alvarez and Sergey Kovalev as well, having to sit and wait for the UFC to conclude? Uh, We knew they were going sort of head to head, we thought the times wouldn't overlap, they did, and we saw the biggest star in boxing sat on a sofa waiting for the UFC to finish, they had the UFC on in the arena, what did you make of that?
1: I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it, and I know a lot of people on social media were really down on it, and they were saying it's a bad day for boxing. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think I'm not taking a stand either way, but I just I look at it in a lot of different ways. In one way, I see what they're talking about. But on the other hand, It really makes, like, America is a different market. And one of the things about America is we have so many different big sporting events on any given night, whether it's college football, college basketball, NBA, uh, MLB, NFL. Um, There's so many different sports NHL. There's so many different sports happening that I think it's really important for promoters to look at other events that are going on. And I think that i like there's been so much animosity over the last number of years between mma and boxing and i don't really think it's necessary because they're 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 different sports but they're not mutually exclusive i mean they're both combat sports and i don't see why it's why people can't love them both um it's like rugby and 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 american football like they're they're similar sports but they're very different and i am a big fan of both of them i think they're both great sports same with mma and boxing same with muay thai and kickboxing i think they're all great Obviously is my number one passion, but that doesn't mean I don't like to watch an MMA fight or a, a Muay Thai fight. So the fact that they started to work together, I think it's really great. And I think that it's possible that in the future we might see it go the other way. Maybe there's a boxing match and the UFC has a big fight and they say, let's wait till after this. Supposedly what I've heard is that the zone subscriptions went up very, very high after that. But I have one thing to say that I haven't heard anyone say, and I have a real big beef with, with the sport of boxing about this. Because to me, it's really all about getting Uh, the younger generation into it and when you have forget about the UFC and what happened that night just even on a regular night fights go on so late that it's hard for young kids to be able to watch boxing I mean usually the main fight will walk at 11 p.m. midnight one in the morning that that's really pretty normal Um, at least you know living in New York that's what you'll see and if you're a you know a ten year old kid, your parents make you go to bed usually. So these kids are missing a lot of these fights. And you know, um, when I was a kid we used to watch you know the wild world of sports and stuff like that. And we'd have a lot of fights in the daytime. And look, it's great to have big events at night, but I'd like it to be accessible to the younger generation. Um, and, and these kids that, that want to see the fight live, I think it'd be great if we could have uh, maybe different times and, and get these kids involved so the kids can watch the, the fights too. Because that's going to be the future of our sport, right? It's a younger generation. So as far as the, the MMA thing and the boxing, people are going to complain about whatever they want to complain about. Look, the fight went off. It was a big success. A lot of people watched it. It was wonderful. And, uh, and I think it's great. And, uh, you know, the Nate Diaz fight happened and, and, and all that. And it is what it is. Final thing before I let you go,
0: David. A huge fight in Japan Thursday evening. We've got the World Boxing Super Series Bantamweight Final. Now we in, in there with Nanito Dunair Seismic event for the nation of Japan, but all eyes on the boxing world will be firmly fixed upon that fight as well. What's your thoughts on that fight?
1: Well, it's a great fight. Um, obviously, right now, the monster is just really pound for pound one of the greats, and he's just running through opponents like uh, a knife through hot butter. It's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, he's just been a buzzsaw. So we'll see, Donaire's class, I mean, he's obviously getting on in years, but uh, he's an absolutely incredible fighter, uh, and hopefully we get a good fight. But the World Boxing Super Series has been wonderful for boxing. We've gotten a lot of clarity from it, you know, obviously, uh, first with Usyk, then with Callum Smith, uh, just a couple weeks ago with Josh Taylor and Regis Progray, and now, of course, with Donair and Inoue. So we're looking forward to a great fight in Tokyo, and uh, can't wait to see what happens.
0: David, pleasure as always. Thank you very much for speaking to Boxing Social. Thank you.
2: This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association for MTK Global. We're in a, an OK location of Venice Beach joined by Matthew Macklin. I guess the burning question this week is t- should two YouTubers be headlining a card at the Stable Center, Matt?
3: Should they? They are. Aren't they? You can debate whether it should or it shouldn't. But the fact is they are and, you know, I suppose... If they were proclaiming they were, you know, top boxers on a level, then of course you, you couldn't entertain that. But they're not, they're, it's a, they've had a white-collar fight. I don't really know the, the, the social media YouTube world, but they've got a huge following. They've got this bit of needle or beep that they had the white-collar fight for. Now they want to do it, uh, like a real professional bout. So they to, in order to get licensed, they had to go through the same procedures. I mean, they're, they're both physically fit. And well, and athletic as you can see, and they have trained hard. They've been granted a professional license, and because of their profiles, you know, there's, there's a huge event happening at the Staples Centre, of which there are Devin Haney, Philly Joe Saunders, and many other, you know, future world class fighters fighting on the card. Yes, they are the main event, uh, and it, really, it's two guys making their pro debut against each other, but. It is what it is, I suppose. You know, these are these are. I mean, we're not we're not covering it. I mean, Sky are covering it all. Me personally, Johnny Nelson, former fighters are not. YouTubers are. I just think you know it's uh, it's generating a lot of money, a lot of interest. You know, it could also bring a lot of new fans over to boxing that are going to go to the event live, soak up the atmosphere, see see some real life top quality fighters in Billy Joe saunas Devin Haney and the guys on the undercard and, and you know they may we, it, we may well attract a new you know uh, a new demographic of, of supporters to boxing so that can only be a positive uh and I'm, I'm quite intrigued really to see how they get on it's um just to see the event but look i don't think anyone within boxing is is trying to dress this up as anything that it's not you know we know what it is but it's, it's obviously generating a lot of interest it's uh you know, it's, it's a sold-out arena at the Staples Center. I, I, yeah, I think I think I think the positives
2: outweigh the negatives. You said they're not proclaiming to be boxers or whatever, but KSI has made some comments uh, that he feels he could beat a few professional fighters, and professional fighters are licensed right now. And Logan Paul has come out and said that within four years he can become heavyweight champion of the world. So, are they just trying to sell Saturday night, or you know, if they're being genuine?
3: I don't know, it's the real answer. I, I would say that it's tongue-in-cheek, and uh, it's a bit of a, uh, I mean, that they're a little bit mad, aren't they? You know, they say mad stuff and that, you know, that attracts the youth, the young crowd that buy into that, jump on it, love it, so that, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're uh, bizarre characters in, in ways. Uh, so they're gonna probably say a lot of stupid stuff, especially when the adrenaline's going and they're up there and the fight's getting near. They're still gonna say a lot of crazy things but um, we don't we when I say we're not dressing up as something that it isn't, Do you know what I mean? The boxing, you know, Sky Sports, boxing people, the boxing fraternity, they're all watching the fight. We we're here because we're covering Billy Joe Saunders and Devin Haney and the undercard fights, that, that's what we're doing. Uh, yes, that's the main attraction, the main event. And I am look. I am actually looking forward to seeing it because you I'm, will watch it. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it. I've, I've I've been to quite a few white collar events of um, people I know, and I've had to say it was it was a great night because you've got two guys that really you know they're nut they're not boxers. They won't, they won't know how to pace themselves. They're going to be knackered after a few rounds. <laughs> so then when you're tired and you see guys digging deep. Throwing haymakers, it's it's it, it, it's entertaining. Let me tell you, it's hilarious. It's entertaining. Now, hopefully, no one gets badly hurt. Obviously, but you know, they they they're, they're going to do, they're doing six threes with small gloves. They're going to know a difference when they've been with sixteen ounce gloves and head guards. They get in and they have ten ounce Plato rays or Grants or whatever gloves they're using, and they get hit. They, they're going to think, whoa! That's, they're going to feel the difference, and. Uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued. I suppose. I think. I think it'll be entertaining. I, I don't. I'm not taking either of them seriously about carrying on their boxing career. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But I'm not. What I mean. I suppose the point I'm making is, I'm taking it for what it is, and I'm going to enjoy it for what it is.
2: Okay. Want to take your mind back to last weekend in Las Vegas? I'm guessing you watched Canelo Kovalev, Thoughts on the fight?
3: Yeah, I, I didn't watch the whole fight. I watched it afterwards the next day. I seen the, the highlights. But um, I mean, he walked him down. I think he knew he was going to catch him at some point, and he just walked him down. Um, Kovalev was, you know, started really well. Was bagging the early rounds. Jab was good. Kept a good distance. But I think he was winning. If he was winning the battles, but he was losing the war. You know, Canelo was walking him down, tiring him out. And he was going to catch him at some point. And um, you know, when, when, he did, when he did get to him, he, he went through the gears. And,
2: and the, the left hook that finished it was an absolute peach. Out of Gennady Golovkin in a trilogy, Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith and let's throw in Dimitri Bibble. Who would you like to see him face?
3: Yeah, and Dimitris Andrade. You could throw in that as yeah, well. You World know, like, champion. Yeah, I mean, they're all good options. And uh, look, I think Golovkin... Deserves a trilogy. That said, I don't. I, I think Canelo beats him more easily now than the, uh, the last one. I mean, the, the last two, the first fight, I thought Golovkin was robbed. Second fight, I thought Golovkin nicked him. Also, maybe Canelo did. It was a fight that could have gone either way. Uh, I think next time he beats him comfortably. I can't think. He, I don't know if he stops him, but I think oh, comprehensively yeah, beats peach. him next time. He, he, he's old now, team. Golovkin, and he, he looked at differently in his Saturday last fight. Um, and Canelo, just—you know—he just. You know, he just he, I think he's still boxing. getting. A, he's still. He's at his peak. He's in the form
2: of his For career enough. right now. How much of a chance would you give Billy Joe Saunders in that fight? With, with Canelo?
3: Yeah. yeah, I'd give him a chance. I, I think. I think Billy Joe beat Golovkin now.
2: Yeah, I, and I never thought that before,
3: but I do now. I think uh, Golovkin slowed down. I, I think Billy Joe could outfox him over 12 rounds uh, you know there's so many options on the table within the middleweight super middleweight divisions for Canelo for Billy Joe I mean Billy Joe talk he's gonna fight Callum Smith maybe next year at Anfield he could fight Canelo he could fight Golovkin he could fight Andrade you know I think Billy will go over the big fights are so he's uh, undefeated he's got a world you know he's former world champion in middleweight he's, he's current reigning world champion at super middleweight so there's so many options for him you know, and uh, I, I think over these next sort of 12, 18 months, two years, I think, I, I hope, and I do think that all these fights will happen because everyone's kind of under zone now. So you know, there's no excuse for these fights not to get made.
2: Okay, now over the past year or so, I've talked to you about the WBC a lot because they made some highly debatable decisions. They made a couple of more. We'll start firstly with uh, Dylan White. God knows how long he's been mandatory for. And now he's been pushed back to February 2021. Tyson Fury is now officially the mandatory for that WBC belt. What do you make of that move from from that governing body? Yeah, well, I don't know all the facts. I hate talking, when I don't know all the facts. Um,
3: It's messy, it's messy, isn't it? It's a messy situation. Um, And it's a frustrating situation for for, for Dillian Roy, probably more than anyone for the fans as well. And then it's, I don't know, I I just whatever wbc you just want the best people fighting the best and you know dillian white i'm sorry uh, tyson fury and dante wilder are gonna fight in february assuming he beats ortiz which you know the first fight was a tricky one so who knows but um you know and then then obviously joshua ruiz happening before christmas so who knows what way that's going to go you know it's an ever-changing landscape, isn't it? And the WBC WBCD, like I say, I don't, I don't know enough about the facts, so it's just, the, I just know it's a messy situation.
2: The, the facts are that Dylan White was mandatory. He still is mandatory, but from February 2021, basically allowing Wild and Fury to have a trilogy. Essentially.
3: Uh, yeah, I think there is precedent within governing bodies that a unification fight can supersede a mandatory. You know although fury yeah 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 i don't don't know yeah 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 yeah, i'm confused as i'm talking about it so and i mean i'm working in boxing so what does joe public think yeah exactly you know i think mauricio said he's
2: confused himself he admitted
3: no messy 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 the
2: other well debatable move from wbc was uh, handing Devin haney the the full version of the title and making Lomachenko the franchise champion. Do you think that's good for boxing where kind of Lomachenko and Canelo, these franchise champions, don't have to face their mandatories, they're protected from them. And uh, you have another world champion, Devin Haney, who six weeks ago just fought for the interim title. It's
3: bullshit, it's a bullshit situation. We need less bouncing boxing, not more. You know, it's uh boxing is a well could ease could be a mainstream sport. It always was you know but if you're if you're a casual fan look we we are core fans we're in the industry and we we confuse the situation so how what how can a casual fan possibly keep up with that or work it out and they, if they can't understand it or work it out you lose interest you know you don't you don't understand the sport you don't understand the rules you don't really enjoy following it when you do obviously it changes so you know it, it's not it's not good for boxing all these more about that and a franchise champion what i mean what is that you know it's just no i, I don't think it's good at all i, mean, I think it's uh, Bad move, bad move by
2: WBC, bad for boxing. Okay, Matthew Macklin, hopefully we'll be talking more positive stuff throughout the week. Yeah, uh, yeah good catching up with you, and uh, yeah, we'll see you about. Cheers, sure.
4: Got it. I'm looking at Santiago in there. I think he looks tall and dangerous. I said there's a lot of people saying that they believe he might score Devin Haney on Saturday. I don't know, <laughs> what
5: do you think? <laughs> We'll just have to see on Saturday. I hope it's a good fight, you know. Um, I want to put a, put on a good fight for the fans, and uh, so we'll I'll see. Go,
4: go. Can I interview on, you? Okay, go. right. Go, go. This is Eddie Hearn on IFL TV with the one and only Devin Haney, WBC World Champion. 20 years of age, you have to say, he's the next superstar of the sport, boxing. Actually, the birthday's coming up, Devin, is that right?
5: Birthday, birthday is coming up.
4: 21st birthday, what are we gonna do in uh, Las Vegas?
5: Oh, I don't know, we're gonna do a lot. soon It's gonna be crazy, I can't wait.
4: First defense of the WBC World title. We have the challenger in front of us, Santiago, one of the guys we got approved to fight for the world title, which was very important to you. I've got to ask you, there's a lot of things going around online at the moment. Tank Davis, opening his mouth, you know, everybody talking, all these mega fights seem to be right in front of you next year. I thought you and Tank were, is it is it friendly or what's the situation?
5: <laughs> Eddie's stirring some stuff up, I mean, um, you know he's in my weight class now, and he's a he's a fight that, that that's a fight that all that I feel like I want. I think that we can make it happen. You know, so why not go for it?
4: Obviously, you've sparred with Tank before. How did that go?
5: <laughs> it was good work. You know, uh, sparring is sparring. It was a while ago. Uh, I think he's improved since then. I improved. I improved as well. So we'll just have to. Do see. you beat Tank, David? Guaranteed. How do you beat him? Uh, Two I got, I got, I'm faster, I'm bigger, I'm smarter. Um, super what happens
4: with Devin Haney against T.F. Lopez?
5: <laughs> you, yo, Eddie is crazy. Eddie is crazy. Uh, I
4: win. Which is the tougher fight for you, Lomachenko, Tank Davis, or Lopez?
1: The tougher fight. Aruho, Lomachenko,
4: Tank,
5: and
1: Lopez—the tougher fight. I see
5: Tank. I say tank. tank, Tank, which is
4: the fight you want most out of those three. Loma. By the way, this is Eddie Hearn letting the world know that Lomachenko's dream is to be the undisputed champion of the world. Unfortunately, he can no longer achieve that because you cannot unify with a WBC franchise championship. So, Mr. Lomachenko, if you want to be the undisputed world champion, you have to beat the one and only Devin Haney. We will see you in 2020. This is Eddie Hearn for IFL TV.
6: here with david Hay, as i say at the plaza london riverbank let's switch to modern day boxing and specifically your relationship with Derek chisora who you manage of course when we did the media lunch earlier you alluded to kind of a a journey towards that wbo heavyweight title can you just lay that out for us kind of step by step how that will come to fruition
7: um derrick chisora just um won a wbo strap he just won a intercontinental title so he he'll be boosted up into those rankings he, Alexander Usyk, who's the mandatory for the WBO title, um, has shown some interest in fighting Derek Dezora after his last performance. Um, Derek loves the loves the sound of fighting music. You know, he, I I think both both stars will gel nicely. Um, Eddie likes to fight. Sky likes to fight. I think any boxing fan will love to see the undisputed cruiserweight champion in his second, his first real outing at heavyweight against a well-established. Uh, on form, Derek Chisora. I think Derek Chisora has what it takes to beat Usyk. You know, if they were both the same size, maybe not. But a heavyweight, lean, mean, motivated Derek Chisora, who I believe has a significant physical advantage in this fight, I believe he he grinds down and beats and stops Alexander Usyk um, in a fight that would be very, very fan friendly. And um, if that is to be the case, whether it be for a vacant title, whether it be just for the mandatory WBA position, it puts us in a very, a very good position. And, and Derek will p- could potentially, you know, can you imagine if, you know, um, Auntie Joshua wins this fight against uh, Andrews Jr, which uh, most people are expecting. Do you think he'll win that? I think he'll win the fight. Yeah. As long as he keeps it long and job boxes long and doesn't trade up close. He's the superior long range boxer, physical tools, longer arms, quicker feet, better athlete, he should win if he loses his mind and stands there going slugging toe-to-toe maybe not, but he shouldn't do that he should just stick to what he's doing and Derek was actually sparring with him yesterday and that's what it looked like he was doing he said he's been boxing long, he looks in good shape he's, he's fast, he's agile so the right noises are coming from, from, from Team AJ for, for a point, a comfortable points decision, I'd, I'd, that's how I'd like to see it um, so Know, De- you know, Derek. Derek's in a Derek's in a position where he can go out there and potentially fight for the WBO title, and that for me is you know my whole plan with Derek was to get him into that position and for him to finally live the right type of life that would give him the best possible chance. And it seems like all the pieces of the puzzle seem to be coming together. You know, the moon and stars seem to have aligned and. Here he is, the best version of himself, in a position where that WBO title may be vacated, and he could fight a fighter who he's got a physical advantage over in a heavyweight title fight at the O2 Arena in February. It's like, this could be it. Can you imagine if Derek Azorah beats Alexander Usyk for the vacant WBO title? It would send shockwaves around the world, and then we're talking about unification fights. Derek wants the biggest possible fights. Then it's about who else has got a belt? Who wants to unify the belt against Derek? Because, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a, cra- it's a crazy thought that everyone thought I was mad when I started working with Derek. And I said to him, no, if, De- if Derek, I know Derek, I know what he's like physically. I know what he's like technically. I've seen him in sparring, I've fought him myself. I know how good he is. And if he lives the life he can achieve so much more than he has done up until this point. I know he's 35, I know the odds are against it. Everyone's gonna think I'm mental, but, if he trains as I know he can do, if he lives the life, he can do the unthinkable and he could become the WBO, heavyweight champion of the world. And then once, once he's got that, then he can start going go for unification fights. And you know, for someone who was considered a journeyman a year and a half ago, people weren't taking him seriously. For him to then potentially be at the top of the pile, you know, it's, it's, a, crazy, it's a crazy thought. One final question, two guys you know relatively
6: well, George Groves and Carl Frampton, seem to have become engulfed in a social media war. There seems to be some sort of grudge there that's been made public. Any, any kind of message to those guys, two guys that you know well and presumably care about?
7: What's been said?
6: Oh, have you not seen any of it? Oh, apparently, uh, so Carl Frampton was on a podcast with Callum Smith and appeared to suggest that George Groves may have quit in his fight with Smith Grove saw it and blasted back on Twitter, calling Frampton a number of things that I can't say on camera. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: just
6: you make a plea for peace, I mean, I don't know. I
5: know
7: they're, they're both grown men, they're both, they're both former world champions. So um, let them deal with it how they deal with it. It's nothing to do with me. Yeah, I like them both, they're both, both great fighters. And um, it's a shame that, you know, there's some unnecessary beef. You're Go and have a look at it now. <laughs> I'm the guy and have a look at it now, yeah, for sure. Brilliant! Well, we really appreciate your time, and
6: congratulations again on the ten-year anniversary. Cheers! Cheers. Cheers.
5: Okay, you? Oh yeah. i sure about this. I'll take it off, I'll take it off. No. i had an earring in like 15 minutes. Hi everybody, how are you? How about you?
8: You okay? How are you? You alright? You okay? So, he, he didn't pull you off the card then? No, he didn't.
4: The you main an earring. You... Oh, you got an earring?
8: What, what there's one. Like, bring
4: earring? That's better. That. What, what do you want from him this weekend? He's looking. He's looking today. I think he's looking like a cross between Logan Paul and the Karikian.
8: Karate Kid, Johnny, Johnny's from Kid. I feel like
5: we look like every week
4: he's great
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. very similar. Yeah. We're very
8: similar. You are going to love him. He's lost half a stone. Vegan, vegan. Diet. He now weighs oh. nineteen stone. No way. Absolutely
4: ripped, shredded, like six pack. <laughs> kind of bagel, <laughs>
8: what are you expecting from him this weekend?
4: To have have shine. Yeah. I mean, look, he's got the opportunity. I said to him, you know, really boxed in Dallas." Just said he was ill anyway. I just didn't feel that he was in the kind of physical shape that he should be in. He's worked so hard now with Scooter. Brilliant performance at Madison Square Garden. Now he's boxing at Stakewell I mean, look, look at all the things we're talking about. You know, when he boxed in Dallas, then he boxed at Madison Square Garden, then he boxed at the Staples Center. I mean, who else gets these kind of opportunities? So that's why all I said to him before was, you've got to make the most of this, and he's doing that now. Yeah. And I think he's looking great. And uh, 2020 is going to be a, a really interesting year for him because he's going to really start moving forward into you know, six, eight-round fights, and he's going to get better and better. But you need to, with young fighters this age, you've got to make sure that you don't rush them. But you've also got to the move them at the right place so they're continuously tested and motivated. So they keep switched on. And uh, you know, Nikita's at that level now where, as we turn the year, just gotta step it up a little bit, and I'll say it too though, because the dad's over there, I know he gets a little bit nervous sometimes. But like, he can really fight, like really, really fight. You've only got to speak to some of the great fighters who spar with, Danny Jacobs. You know, he can really, really fight. And you know, and you know, even Mr. Miyagi rates him as well. <laughs> Uh, Do you want to kind of
8: Add on to that What Eddie was saying
5: Oh no he's right It's it's, uh, it's all on me You know Like opportunities are there But if I don't take them If if I don't reach out to them Then you know It's all going to go down the drain So I got to I got to take a hold of it I got to train hard I got to put my 120 200% in it And if I do that Then you know If I be myself Then everything's going to go up from there One life You've only got one life One life And there's one Nikita Like you said
8: One day you'll be able to afford uh, a $1,900 pair of sunglasses. $1,900. Sunset,
4: 1900 bucks. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Normally they were 10 bucks at the corner store. They were. But that's the thing, when you got the swag, you know, Pull it Pull a off. Well,
5: yeah. That headband, I mean, how much is that headband? I was like, you it's like... It? It's a, you know, it's a beaters. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. All right, okay, it's yeah. all right, you know, to I gotta make my cool own, one. instead of a... Yeah, you, should right you should
4: right
5: have right? like a little yeah. chocolate bar, yeah. you know what right? I mean? You know, maybe you could hook me up. Or, you know, I mean, you know, the friend. Yeah, you weren't. Milky ice- you know, if yeah, you notice, he like bars. he takes like Emma Williams on private jets and yeah, <laughs> you
8: know? well, well, no, that. Yeah, what's <laughs> up with that? I'm the first signing, first US. You ain't done he, bad, you know, have you? You know what I mean? Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I think
5: oh, I'm.
4: I'm not
5: gonna
4: ask. I think that's gonna go down. Once, I've had once, a few. I've had a few of those. I bet you have. Yeah.
5: Like you know, I'm gonna
4: I'm keep doing my thing. Once you surprise me with it, I know. You know, I'm, not, I'm never gonna ask you know no, I don't get
5: on many private
4: jets. We just got very
8: lucky Is that real? Is that real? What? Is that real? Oh. Oh. What, mate? Because if you wore if you wore a snide, no one would know. No, right, it's not. You sure? Yeah. It's
3: getting cold, isn't it?
8: <laughs> Thank you. Don't worry, we love to do that, we love to do that.